Hello, family and friends. I'm here for day two with Jacques Lucier. And if you didn't catch day one, I'd really encourage you to go back. Jacques may talk briefly about where he was at, you know, before Jesus, but it's a powerful start to the testament. We're in day two here today, Jacques. Thanks for being with me. It's an honor to have you. Jacques is now in the trucking and he's out of town for days at a time. So I told him next time you get into town, let's hook up. And, and thankfully he gave me a call the other day and we're able to get together and talk. Those of you that are familiar with Kentucky, Jacques lives in south of Henderson, 30 miles or thereabouts, somewhere in that neighborhood, out in the middle of nowhere, which is a good place to live in, Jacques. Oh, yeah. So glad to have you, Jacques. And let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence here. Your word says when two or more together, you're there in the midst of us, Father. So we thank you for your presence and thank you for speaking through Jacques and this testimony and changing the lives of all of us to either to come to know you for many and or to grow in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Over to you, Jacques. I appreciate it. back another time, Greg. Yeah, my, briefly from my past, I, I grew up in an abusive family and uh, went in the Marine Corps, learned how to be a father by listen to drill instructors. So I was a drill instructor, father and husband. So I wasn't very good. And I did a lot of mean and terrible things, but now on to the good news. There you go. I ran into a man named Greg, a man sitting across from me. And for you all who don't know him, what I'm about to say about him, we, uh, I had a rule. We come across the bridge in Evansville. We went shopping in the mall. We did not stop. Once we left the mall, we went back across the bridge we got food at the fast food place through the drive-thru and everybody was supposed, all the kids and the wife were supposed to eat their food before we got home. So everybody go to bed. That was my rule. I didn't break it until one night where I met Greg. We were coming home. We'd already decided we're going to go across the river. We're going to run through the drive-thru at Burger King. If anybody, if you don't know Evansville, before you get to the bridge to go over, there's a Burger King and on this side of the bridge. And I got into the turning lane, and my wife looked at me funny, and because she she prays about me. At the time, my wife grew up Pentecostal. She believed in the power of prayer. She knew God. She was saved at a young age, and she had a prayer for me. And she realized that God was probably working because I never stopped in Evansville. And the prayer she had for me was, God, I can't raise another child with this man in my life. You either have to come and change him or you got to get rid of him off the face of the earth. And my wife has powerful prayer <laughs> because I made a left-hand turn to go into a Burger King that I've never stopped at in probably eight years, living in, kind of after I got out of the Marine Corps. We pulled in and then I did something else I'd never done before. I pulled into the parking lot and I pulled up and shut the car off and put it in park. And my wife, again, gave me a funny look. But you have to understand, she didn't ask me nothing or say anything because you didn't question what I was doing in my house. I did what I did, and you did what you were told. So she just gave me a funny look. And she told me later, she kept thinking, okay, this is God. He turned. Oh, this is definitely God. He parked. And then I looked at her and said, let's all go inside and sit down and eat. And she said, oh, something's going to happen. So we went inside, we ordered our food, and we sat down, and we were eating, and Greg come in, and I don't, I don't, if, if people who don't know Greg or have never met him in person, there's a, a joy and a peace that comes off of him. You just know there's something, there's something there, and I can remember looking at him and going, 
what is up with this guy? He's smiling. He's he's talking. He's it's. I never knew a joy and peace. I didn't understand mercy. I didn't understand love. I didn't understand kindness. I never showed it. Never got showed to me when I was growing up, and I never showed it to my family. That to me that was weakness. Kindness and mercy was a weakness. Humble was a weakness. I was prideful. And I never allowed, to, my wife will tell you, that I never allowed a, any man, a man I knew to come within arm's reach of me or to talk to my family. That was a no-no. If you didn't pay attention when I told you to back off, you got punched. <laughs> so, and if anybody knows Greg, he's going to talk to you. <laughs> so, he started talking to me. And this is the testimony. Any believers out there, to know how you can change somebody's life, just one person, because he started talking to me and, and to show how that my wife knew God was working for sure when we started talking to me because I actually talked to him. I actually had a conversation with him. And the great thing about it was it was definitely God. As I look back on it, I know it was God. My wife knew it was God then because Greg has children the same age as my children. Matter of fact, his daughter Shelby, as you've heard on this podcast before, was not only not only the same age, but her and my daughter Rayleigh had the same birthday. Amen. And his wife was pregnant with his youngest son, Tyler, at the same time my wife was pregnant with my youngest daughter, Skylar. Mm-hmm. So we talked, and he talked about my family, and he told me I had a beautiful family. And we exchanged phone numbers, because back then you didn't have cell phones. <laughs> this was a while back. <laughs> but we stayed in conversation, and... Like I said, my wife knew God was working. I didn't have a clue. I knew something was going on because I, even after we left there, I told my wife, I said, I don't know why I talked to that guy. But there's something about that, dude. That's, I don't know what it is about him. There's something about him. Because like I said, if you don't know Greg, it, he's got that joy. He's got that peace. And you can't you can't ignore it. It's just there. And especially with somebody who was like me, I was, I was angry and I was prideful. And... I didn't understand how anybody could have could have that aura around them. Now I understand it was the Holy Ghost, it was God, but then I didn't know it was. My wife was due to have the baby coming that December, and Greg invited me to go down to North Carolina with him. And she gave birth on that Friday, or that Thursday, and we went down to North Carolina. And I wasn't going to go. I told him I was going to go. And I always kept my word, but I told my wife, I don't know if I'm going to go. And she's like, no, you're going to go. Because, like I said before, she knew God was working. I didn't have a clue at the time. I knew something was going on, but I didn't know it was God because I never had a relationship with God. I didn't understand that part. When we got down to North Carolina, of course, the conviction's going on, and the man's talking about God, and I'm sitting there, and my whole body was shaking. He's talking about God. And I can't remember who it was. But I do remember he said, Jesus loves you. He can forgive you. And then he said something that made me jump out of my seat. He said, if you've never known love, if you've never known joy and peace, come to the altar, accept Jesus, and know the love of a father. And that's something I never knew and I never could understand. And I got up and ran, bawling my eyes off, out, and I was like, and I accepted Jesus. And the peace and the joy that I felt that day. And I was reborn. The old man was dead. He was dead and gone. Hallelujah. And I come. The new man was born. 
And I come home, we come home from that. <laughs> my, I walked in the door and I didn't even have to tell my wife. She was sitting there and for the first time I can remember me walking in the door. She usually didn't smile. She just kind of looked up to see, as she said, to see what was on my face, whether I was angry or how bad, I, how mad I was because it wasn't no happiness. It was always how mad is he? And she looked up and she smiled at me and she said, you've been changed. And I said, yeah, I've been saved. I've been reborn. I found Jesus. And that was the beginning of a great restoration of my life, my family, my children, with everybody in my life. The one, the change, the being reborn, knowing Jesus. Praise God. You know, Jacques, I, we were talking offline here early about, I'm, I'm pretty good about taking notes. I like to be, sometimes I'm not very good. I, I made note of my notes here years ago, I guess, or at some point in time that we we sang praise and worship songs all the way all back the, from yep. North Carolina. And you know, that's what happens when you have the joy coming in. I love your testimony, Jacques. It's similar to mine. I remember at the altar, not long before that one, I had given my heart to Jesus and I had peace for the first time in my life. Right. Mm. And you know, that's an old song that talks about looking for love in all the wrong places. That's right. what we do until we find the peace that God gives us right. all in one heartfelt prayer. And so I, I'd forgotten about your testimony in terms of that part of the, the that peace. And I always get concerned when people say, well, I'm, I'm a Christian or whatever. And I'm like, when did you give your heart to Jesus? Well, I don't, I don't know. But you know, I don't know how you don't know when it's as powerful right. as it is when you give your heart to Jesus. Because, you know, we were talking offline also, Jacques, about how some people just grew up nice. You know, maybe their parents <laughs> taught them or whatever, right. you know, and maybe they weren't in the Marines and whatever, but they just grew up nice. And, and, and they concern me a little bit because they think that niceness is going to get them to heaven. It should be a fruit of the Spirit, right, when you're kind right. to people. But that does not get us to heaven. Only being born again gets us to heaven. Amen. And so, but your testimony is so powerful. Jacques, we're going to go into day three here shortly. If you would pray for our listeners, there's probably people out there that need to need to give their life to Jesus. Well, Heavenly Father, I come to you now. If there's anybody out there listening, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know that mercy, that love, and that grace, and that peace, and you need that joy and peace in your life, it's, it's, not, it's not complicated. With your heart, you just ask Jesus to come in your life, repent of your sins, and turn to him. For his joy and peace will cover you, reborn you, make your life new. So I pray that if you know, don't know Jesus, that you'll pray that prayer, that you'll ask Jesus in your life, and that you'll find a good godly church to teach you on the way and you walk with him. Uh, guide us and use us in, this, in all things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Jacques. Can't wait for day three. And um, what a powerful testimony about how God can change you. And, and that's what happens when you're reborn, that... Old things pass away and all things become new. And, and those of you out there that are thinking, I'm too bad, I, I've done worse things than Jacques, whatever, don't think that way because there's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot overcome. Yeah. And so just don't listen to the devil and just give him your heart. And you can contact Jacques through our ministry at celebratejesusministry at gmail.com or by phone at 812-449-8147. We love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And this testimony should have inspired you to please go do that. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary, and he's coming back soon.